Welcome, everybody, to today's uh, MediaWorks Masterclass. Um, this is our penultimate one before we break for Christmas. Um, so it's kind of, I'd see the next three as a little a little trilogy, really, where okay. today, <laughs> today we're going to look back on things that happened in 2022 yeah. and trends that we could learn from them. Next week's a big one. Next week's yeah. the, the Christmas special. Um, I'll tell you more about that at the end of today's masterclass. And then this all primes us ready for the first one of the new year, where we will look ahead and do a bit of um, future gazing mm -hmm. as to what might be coming our way in 2023. So um, joining me today, I've got uh, Becca Tredgett, Head of Strategic Planning. Hello. And we've got Andy Blankensalt, Group Strategy Director. Good morning. Hello. You've got, you've got all the strategists today, so... Um, yeah, that would yeah. be a clever conversation, right? Yeah, but, you know, keep it keep it light and breezy, yeah? yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think when we're, when we're looking at trends, and, it, and it's an interesting one looking back on a year because you kind of go like what actually happened mm. uh, and I think uh, you know this time of year I mean I don't, I don't know about anybody who's um, joining us today or listening in on the podcast but suddenly the world has got very very busy so um, I think we're kind of caught in a whirlwind of um, you know actually working on stuff that's going to be going into next year mm -hmm. so looking backwards is a bit of a wrench sometimes to, mm -hmm. to try and remember what did happen and what had an impact and you know what was it a trend or was it a thing that just happened so we got our heads together and we've uh, we've we've put together as we normally do for these a bit of a a bit of a, a set of things that we're gonna we're gonna talk around. So hopefully we'll find that interesting. Um, and I guess we will just dive in really. Yeah, so um, Becca, do you want to take the first thing that we decided to talk about? Yes, and I would say probably um, when we're talking about kind of um, headlines of the year. Probably the biggest one. Do we all agree? Uh-huh. Think so? Um, the Queen dying, of course, was absolutely massive. Um, and I think um, you know, it had a huge impact on whatever sector you worked in, whatever industry you worked in. But I guess we'll talk about it more from a kind of um, advertising, marketing point of view. Um, I think it was um, obviously dreadfully sad. Um, and also for everyone at work, I think it was... To use the word unprecedented, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think no one really knew what to do, how to act. We weren't sure what would happen with advertising. We weren't sure what brands should say, what brands shouldn't say, um, you know, what um, would be going on. So I think it's interesting for us to look back. Is Blanks frozen or is he just very still? Oh dear, let's, let's power on. Yeah, um, so I think, you know, it was very interesting to look at the kind of reaction from how different companies acted during that period. And I think the first one um, that probably went into action for a lot of companies was the advertising blackout. So I think probably, um, I guess I can't really think of when we saw anything that significant before, but, you know, TV stopping adverts, all out of home stopping, and um, social media pausing. I think um, you know companies chose to pause advertising, but even um, places like Twitter weren't running advertising, and you couldn't advertise on TV, you couldn't advertise on out home um, and radio. So I think it was really interesting to see the kind of media owners' reaction, and then the kind of brands and companies and what choices they made. 
Um, and I think, you know, everyone was uh, respectful and kind of um, everything was paused. Um, but I do remember at that time there was a lot of conversation about, you know, when do we go back on? Is it, you know, is it 12 days that we go off for? Is it the period up to the funeral? Um, so I think that's been really interesting to see how um, companies have reacted to that. And, um, you know, like I said, I think definitely in this industry, it's not something I've seen before, everything yeah. completely um, going dark like that. No, and I think... Uh... Weren't we sat on a train coming back from London? Was that me? We were in a meeting, weren't yeah. we, when it started, when, to, when it started to 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 people, people were getting the rumours, and then we yeah. we were on a train and coming back from London, it got, kind of got confirmed. Mm. But I'll never forget coming out of the train station, getting a getting an Uber back home, mm. and all of the electronic billboards had flipped over to a portrait of the Queen, mm. and. It was really quite powerful, and, it, yeah. and I, 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 I'm not trying to shoehorn in an advertising message here. But when everything goes to the same thing, yeah. it was it was it was very very powerful, and um, yeah. you know, and it, and it did it did really feel like the world had uh, changed and stopped and was taking yeah. a moment. Yeah. Um, but what was also interesting was um, on the train suddenly you became more aware of all the people that worked in marketing because they were all frantically making calls yeah. about what they had live, yeah. what they were gonna what they were gonna do about it, and. Um, Probably a bit of an insight into um, how people weren't actually that prepared for it. Yeah, totally. I think when we sitting across from a woman that was a marketing manager, I think, yeah. I remember, and she was kind of managing all her agencies, so it was interesting to watch it from like, the other side. Yeah. Um, and telling her agencies to switch everything off. I think that was definitely that, I guess, that first um, very reactive moment for a lot of companies and media owners and brands. Um, but then I think it got into that area of, right, what we've turned everything off. What do we say? Do we say anything? Do we kind of leave it? And I think um, you did see some quite interesting um, reactions from brands. I think um, I pulled out a kind of couple of examples. I think um, who was it that I pulled together? Oh, the Guardian did a article called "Class or Cra- Crass." I couldn't do that in my southern accent. Crass brands walking a fine line in marketing around the Queen's death because I do think that. I don't know, I guess it's very opinion, you know, um, an opinion whether you stay quiet, but you don't. Um, but there were quite a few brands that um, chose to speak out that probably didn't have a huge amount to do with Queen or the royal family that kind of got called out on it a bit. I think um, Domino's were one that was quite kind of significantly mentioned, Playmobil, um, a few articles around that. I believe even Anne Summers did a tribute to the Queen. So I think that's, you know, definitely something that, um, you know, regardless of, I guess, this huge event that's happened, but actually really thinking about um, when you are planning your strategy, really thinking about what are the right things for your brand to be talking about, because you don't have to jump into every conversation. Some might be appropriate, but, um, you know, others. And I think that's definitely something um, that we saw on that, that perhaps brands jumped into talking about it, that maybe yeah. didn't have to or maybe didn't have the right response on it, that yeah. kind of felt a bit tenuous. Yeah, and I think um, there were some people probably jumped a little bit early. I think, mm. you know, the the etiquette seemed to be go quiet and then mm. once everybody had established putting a... Um, you know, a cover picture of the the Queen, that black and yeah. the Queen's face on the black background, as your social media. Then, you know, it felt appropriate for for businesses that wanted to do that to do that. I mean, mm. it's a weird one because with something like that, it's kind of, I, th- I think there's, yeah, that you would never really recommend people try and capitalise on mm. the situation, but certainly, 
if you felt as a business that you wanted to show your your kind of respect. I, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because social channels can feel a bit flippant and a yeah. bit trivial, but actually it's one of the best ways that businesses yeah. can communicate. So it kind of felt appropriate. Yeah. It was when people started to, um, I don't know, try and, try and make something of it that, yeah. that felt a bit weird. Yeah. Cross. Blank, see you on mute. You've just not joined with audio. I'm trying to tell what you're saying. No, still can't hear you. Is it working? Yes. Perfect. Thank you. So sorry about this. It's just the browser version. No, I think it is really interesting. It's such a fine line, isn't it? In terms of, you know, mm. when everything did kind of turn black and you're seeing kind of, you know, news organizations changing their entire websites to acknowledge it with just a, like a simple colorway, you know, that would kind of almost acknowledged and paid tribute. But then it was when brands started to come back online. I think that was the bit where it became a little bit much because, as you say, tra- attaching products to it or seeing to make some form of commercial gain off the back of it is kind of the worst thing you can do. Yeah. So I think it was such a fine such a fine line to, to walk, but also it is an area which is it's so subjective as to what's right and what's wrong. So it's, it's just a dangerous game to play other than you know simply being respectful, acknowledging it, but not as you say, Becca, not trying too hard to enter a conversation just because somebody else is or because you you kind of feel the need to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think we did. I mean, we had a lot of discussions, didn't we? So we did, you know, feel like there's definitely some, you know, maybe products that have the Royal Warrant that kind of feels a bit more appropriate and things like that. So, you know, there definitely was space for brands to kind of have that conversation, I guess, then. Yeah, yeah, like the guys at Fulton obviously have a long-standing history with the yeah, Royal family yeah. in terms of having the Royal Warrant. Similarly, yeah. you know, so... I think it's yeah. you can see that it is actually something that is a part of their their business and it's been a yeah. part of their product and yeah, it's been endorsed by the royal family and their heritage. So I think that it's mm-hmm. is completely different. I think it's when some of the other brands that I was looking at Becker in the post that you sent through, where you think actually it's borderline distasteful. And um, when some areas or I suppose products that you might sell to associate that, it just feels a bit yeah. a bit wrong. Right, so that's that one. <clears throat> and um, let's not forget that Paddington did very well out of it as a brand. So, um, you know, there's winners and losers. Right, so moving on. Um, so we wanted to talk about your your next topic, Andy. You want to talk about the metaverse? Yeah, had to do that. Had to. The metaverse just is, I had to talk about the metaverse because it fascinates me um, somewhat. I've lost many an hour day week kind of trying to understand it a little bit more and looking at how how it's been used and it's such it's uh, like early adoption let's just say the metaverse has been around for a while the more i try i've tried to kind of dig into and understand it the more ideas it throws out and it creates more conversation really i think than, than anything else i think you've got from a b2c perspective like some big brands have entered the metaverse you know you've, you have kind of brands like gucci I think went in and they almost set up a, a store where you could go and look at NFTs and you could different products that actually existed in the metaverse itself. You had, um, I think it was Vans, created a skate park in Roblox, which Roblox, for those of you who don't know, is one of the biggest metaverses um, that is currently being accessed by 
you read millions and millions every day you read other things that actually there's not many people as many people in the metaverse as you think but actually i think one of the biggest things that I've, I've kind of, I suppose, have learned of how do you adopt or use the metaverse early on. And sometimes it's actually to create more brand awareness or build more in your brand outside of the metaverse by entering the metaverse. And, you know, from a PR perspective, you know, the fact that Gucci were the first person to go in and buy up some real estate and build a store in the metaverse, they didn't generate immediate sales off the back of it. It didn't, you know, open up a whole new revenue stream into a, a market or a demographic that they hadn't necessarily maybe worked with in the past but it created so much noise around the brand in publications that are relevant in hype beast in all of these areas where they knew that they could talk about it so i think from a you know in its early infancy maybe you know things like the metaverse are used as a, a tool to create like noise around a brand or create almost a, a, a big brand presence outside of the metaverse as opposed to inside of it so i think that's been quite fascinating to see how people have, have adopted it um and then I think then it started to kind of think, well, actually, that's very it's very easy for big brands to go in there and spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds buying a place, investing in building things. But then from a B2B perspective, like, has it really been explored in terms of, you know, training videos or collaboration or going into the metaverse and meeting people and building communities? I think that's probably the only place at the minute from a B2B perspective that it's going to help and support a business. Yeah, I'm just actually, um, because we're a big fan of the Garner Hype Cycle, aren't we? Just having yes. a little look at where the metaverse is currently on the um, Garner Hype Cycle. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically they look at emerging technologies and they kind of predict whether um, in its life, where it is at either innovation trigger, peak of inflated expectations, trough of disillusionments, which is my favourite, slope of enlightenment and plateau of productivity. And metaverse is kind of, halfway up the hill to peak of inflated expectations it's currently a kind of mid-innovation trigger yeah i i think it's a weird one because um like it's quite interesting like andrew said if you look at current metaverses of which there are many so roblox is the biggest minecraft coming in second and then you got then you got the games and you got mm. fortnite you've got you've got these they're all metaverses mm. they're all virtual worlds where people can go and do things and you know and like we've all heard like fortnite although it's a gaming platform has had live concerts in it and it's you know there's there's different stuff going on so they're all, they're all metaverses so you couldn't say that fortnite is on the yeah, yeah. the peak of you know yeah, that's yeah. that's a, a well established uh, yeah, Roblox yeah, yeah. Roblox has been yeah, around for years sure. Minecraft has been around yeah. for years um, so I wonder you know and it is it, it is what's happening that the word is becoming more mm. more used um, is it that we're moving towards a position where there's going to be a merging of metaverses I mean this is what Mark Zuckerberg hopes. Kind of thing that he will he will have the metaverse to rule them all, <laughs> um, but it's, it's it's definitely not a new thing. And I think that you know, like you said about the brands going in and setting up stores um, back in the day, and I'm talking like the noughties, I think um, Second Life was the kind of first metaverse that mm. really really took off, hugely successful, millions of people on it. You could create, you know, yourself. You could have an identity. You could create worlds. Mm. Um, you could fly. You, you had coding in it, so you could mm. create your own objects. It was fully customizable. All the brands were in there. They all had stores. And um, and do you know what killed Second Life off? Sims. 
Face, Facebook. Oh, I was going to say how about Facebook account? because people, it, Second Life was there before the social networks really okay. took off. So it was a place that you could go and be, you could kind of hide behind an avatar, yeah. do what you wanted to do. But then social networks just kind of removed the pain of having to drop into a three D world to do it. Yeah. So it's almost like we've now come full circle, where where the the theory is you can take the interaction of a social network and it'll be better if it's in a virtual world. I think what's interesting as well, Paul, is like um, all of the things that are then or the elements that are connected to the metaverse and how successful they can be in like their own entities, if that makes sense. Like NFTs, for example, a lot of brands have kind of created NFTs and one off pieces of art that can add value. You know, you buy the first you buy a new garment and you're one of 10 people that get the NFT version of that garment, which then has kind of almost some tangible value in a parallel universe that is the, the the metaverse that can then be worn in the metaverse but then you've got currencies that can be spent in the metaverse so i think maybe it's it's all of the technologies that are associated with it that that also kind of hold opportunities i think kings of leon made when they released an album they made an nft ticket a golden ticket that meant you could get front row access to every <laughs> single kings of leon gig only if you had this one-off ticket that was an nft so i think people are using these um even using some of these technologies to build loyalty um, and, and create, you know, big, better relationships with end consumers as well. Yeah. yeah. I think a bit of a buzz as well, like you say, it kind of comes back to it's probably not really about the NFT, it's about the story around the NFT. Yeah. That's the... I, 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 here's a theory, and we'll see whether it works out for next year, but we're we're already in the metaverse, right? This is All of this is a metaverse. And all Zoom is a metaverse. Yeah, all, all of it already yeah. is. You know, we can do things virtually. We can do all these things. We can be on um, platforms under a different pseudonym. We can be into all these different things. Um, and is, is the fact of adding a 3D world onto it the, the critical mm. bit, I don't know. And, I, you know, I, I, do, I do a lot of gaming, so mm. I, I'm, I already feel like I'm in a load of metaverses already, yeah. you know. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting. Whether, whether Zuck's vision of mm. it becoming a place to do business, a place to go yeah. do gaming, to socialise, to shop, to get entertainment, do you need to be there as a little cartoon version of yourself in order to do that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm still, I'll be honest, I'm cynical. I'm still not bought in yet. I can see it from a gaming point of view, but I, I, I don't know. I think things like socialising in business, I think kind of hasn't the pandemic proved that we kind of like people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, we could have all post-pandemic continued to, be, I know some places are completely remote, but I mean, so many businesses are going back there, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. I'm all in, me, Becca. I'm, come, I'm all in. I'm never going to see you again in real life. Just an avatar. No. Hey, what if there is an avatar of you? We could like copy them. Well, yeah, be on time. Yeah, exactly. We could make them on time. <laughs> yeah. Update. Can I, will my Zoom work properly in the metaverse? Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So, I was going to say, you know what we should do? Like right. Lupita, we should put our trends in a time box and then open them next year. Yeah, that's what we should do. Yeah, keep a note. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, next one, back over to Becca, talking of, um, which we weren't, <laughs> Twitter. So uh, over to you. Um, well, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Um, so I think Twitter's always had a bit of a tough time, hasn't it? I think whenever we look at, um, probably over the last, what, five, ten years, whenever we look at Twitter, it probably hasn't had... Um, a really solid role in kind of the social platforms. It's always kind of been up and down in terms of how much money it's making, how much stocks are worth. 
um, you know, it's kind of probably reached penetration in terms of the amount of people who are on it. Um, and I think probably, you know, when we've looked at uses, it's kind of a bit more around corporate comms or media interactions or being reactive on top of things. It's always kind of, I think, struggle to find space. Unless you're Donald Trump. Well. In which case. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> well, I guess then we get into, right, what's happened with Twitter. So um, for, I presume, everyone will have seen this in the news, but people don't know, Elon Musk bought it around, well, committed to buying it probably about 18 months ago. And there was lots of back and forth, lots of back and forth, and finally kind of got um, pushed into buying it. And now Elon Musk owns Twitter. And he's kind of come in and... Um, a lot of things have changed. I think the first thing was there was a huge amount of layoffs. Um, they got rid of a huge amount of staff. I mean, rumours are pretty much all of their kind of content moderation teams, a lot of their kind of development teams, um, a lot of those kind of, um, you know, more maybe, I guess, teams that bring everything together, things like kind of HR and corporate comms and things like that. Um, so there's been some huge issues around that that um, people aren't even sure whether they have the staff to actually function Twitter as Twitter at the moment. Um, but, you know, Elon Musk being quite a controversial um, guy has also introduced some um, new things into there that um, have kind of, I guess, got people talking. So I think some of the biggest things are, um, firstly, he introduced paid verification. So you know on most platforms, if you're um, a celebrity or a brand, you tend to get like a little blue tick that means you are who you say you are. Um, whereas now on Twitter or for a period of time, he introduced that if you paid, I want to say it was about nine quid a month, eight ninety nine, something like that, you could get your um, you could get your account verified. And um, lo and behold, that got absolutely abused. So people were setting up accounts, calling them different brand and company names, um, pretending to be different companies, saying very controversial things. Um, and then the companies that were actually real were coming to have them kind of defend that and say that wasn't them. I mean, there was a huge news story about um, a pharmaceutical company in America. Someone did this and set up a Twitter in their name and said that they were giving away free um, it was insulin. They were one of the biggest manufacturers of insulin. And um, if you have a look at that, their stocks absolutely tanked after that. So um, there was a lot of, um, I guess, a lot of people criticising that. So they've kind of removed that. And it looks like there will be lots of tiers of verification um, on Twitter. Um, and then I think um, one of the other really controversial things that, um, you know, has just kind of happened is Elon Musk has always been a big um, believer in um, free speech. So now he's looking at unsuspending lots of accounts that were banned previously um, on Twitter for, you know, saying um, things that go against their community guidelines, whether that is kind of inciting violence or racist or um, homophobic um, or anti-Semitic. Um, he's actually now reallowing those figures to be um, on Twitter and allowing that speech to happen. I think his line is that those accounts will get flagged and then those tweets will get less reach. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens if you're someone like Donald Trump that's got millions and millions and millions of followers, um, how they will uh, minimise the impact of that will be interesting. And I think all of this um, has made a bit of a perfect storm and we're seeing a huge amount of brands and agencies pulling their clients off Twitter advertising. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens because as it stands, they're losing revenue from ad streams. 
and they're not getting people to pay for anything in terms of a verification. So, um, you know, how they're going to sustain paying staff, keeping it, you know, up and running um, will be interesting. Yeah, and I, th- I think this one's going to, I mean, if you saw the news this morning that there's a big um, online bill going through the UK Parliament and they've decided to water down the requirement for social platforms to remove, not to remove harmful content is where it's not illegal but it would be considered harmful and I think that it will be interesting those same advertisers that are saying we don't want to rub shoulders with these people on Twitter well they are going to be still rubbing shoulders with those people on Facebook mm. and Instagram and TikTok and you know so it, I, th- I think this is going to be a really interesting one how this plays out um and obviously Elon Musk is the richest man in the world so um he's got um he can probably ride out a little bit of a financial storm. But I think, Paul, I'm just thinking in terms of it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's cut, you know, he's cutting a lot of features. He's reviewing what works and what doesn't. Mm. But early on, Paul, I remember you sent a piece, uh, you sent us um, some his stance or his position on advertising, where mm. it was kind of like uh, low relevancy ads or spam, but highly relevant ads are actually content. And actually, you should be able to curate an experience that you want through advertising and almost, you know, not removing it, not as because, as you say, you could probably afford to run the thing without advertising for a short amount of time. But he's actually wanting to see how advertising can be better on the platform because yeah. he understands it's a it's it's a, it's a necessary, I don't want to say necessary evil because it, we can see that's value. So yeah. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's just interesting to watch. I think a lot of commentary that I've seen is like he's almost treating it like you would a startup and testing features really quickly but usually with a startup you don't have that impact of millions and millions of people it is is going to be so interesting because i think he's just getting started and and i think Mm. the media the media likes to grab hold of the 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 negative Mm. kind of you know these kind of shocking kind of things about other letting this person back on the platform Mm. but um yeah like you say blokes the features and how he's got a different brain you know, this is a guy that, that managed to crack electric cars and mm-hmm. has managed to make a commercial space exploration company, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, and I think a lot of the, in the nicest possible way, the social platforms, in terms of what they are and what they provide, are much of a muchness. Mm-hmm. People have, they all have their unique quirks, but it's whether he does try to take it in a direction that makes it, like, stand out to be something different. <laughs> I mean, which is interesting if you go back to what I was saying at the beginning about Twitter, it kind of hasn't really ever had a role, so it probably is the best thing well, for them to yeah. do to kind of find. It's always been that one where we the clients we go, well, it's kind of, you know, probably a loss of priority, isn't it, the most... Yeah. Well, nice segue on to um, the next thing that we were just going to talk about, which is kind of about news, and I think... When we look at the chances here, it's really it's really difficult to pick ones without getting into really negative places because mm. actually it's been a bit of a horrible year, really. You know, it's only, you know, if you think back this time of the year before, we were just going into another wave of COVID, you know, there was still a lot of uncertainty and people, you know, and then this year, you know, combine that with the, the war in Ukraine, the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, um, the Queen... Not been a great year. It's not been a great year of happiness, um, and I think one of the one of the one of the things that I kind of found really interesting was um, kind of thinking about um, how people are managing and consuming news because it can get pretty relentless when the world is in turmoil to be continuously 
getting a feed of quite negative things coming through on your newsfeed. Um, but also, um, you know, some interesting stuff sitting behind that. So TikTok, um, so yeah, I mean, TikTok isn't a trend of 2022 because it's been going on for a bit. But I think what's interesting is how TikTok has started to kind of change and, you know, really interesting stat that, you know, a kind of um, a third of adult users on TikTok now say they get their news from TikTok and that was up from 20% in, in 2020. Um, so TikTok becoming more of a news app is really interesting. People using it for information. Um, and actually Facebook, um, 54% of people used to say that they would use Facebook for news, but that's down to 44%. So we're getting this kind of shift in where people are getting their news from. Um, some of that, I, I wonder whether that's just format. Um, mm -hmm. You know, TikTok's a great format. It's very addictive you know you're staying yeah. there for a long time um facebook for sure is kind of feels like it's lost its way a little bit mm -hmm. in terms of how you get what content you get and how you get it um but uh, you know and I, th I think the other thing that that points to is a little bit of how and this is this is i don't want to spoil one for 2023 but it's going to be really interesting that tiktok what once was very, very different. It was entirely UGC in the moment, very fresh, irreverent and whatever, and now is becoming more and more like the other platforms mm. in terms of the content you will get on it. So, yeah, I kind of leverage that in. This, you know, trying to talk mm. about news, but it's interesting that TikTok is becoming more similar. Um, and I think the other thing that we've seen this year, and, you know, you, you, you probably know this kind of intuitively, but if you go looking for the evidence on it, is people really starting to talk about how you deal with um, the news becoming too much, mm. um, and you know how 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 do you manage that? You know, the, I remember the BBC did a big survey about are, are people happy with the news coverage that's on the website, and um, one of the main findings that came back said, how, how about you report on something nice once in a while? Mm. And the problem with journalists is that newsworthiness worthiness tends to be a bit grim or a bit crime or, you know, people that are unfortunate, you know, the unfortunate things have happened or, or whatever. Um, so I think, you know, that, that's been an interesting one this year because I don't think, you know, I can't remember a, a year when it's just been so such continuously bad, bad news and, um, you know, and every time you think you're out of one, another thing comes along. So I think uh, that's been interesting, but um, that news is getting everywhere now and, you um, are people going to start looking for places that can they can escape from it from? Mm. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I'm always a big fan of when you watch the local news and they do like, you know, the happy story at the end or something. Yeah, the old uh, skateboarding dog. Yeah, something like that, or cat rescued from tree. Not yeah. to uh, minimise local <laughs> news, but, you know, there is something nice in that, isn't there? Yeah, I, I'm, it's really local news, all the local newspapers, because they desperately, I'm, I'm sorry if there's any local journalists um, listening, I used to be friends with a, a bunch of local journos, and um, they desperately try and find the negative stories, but all they can really get is broken paving slab, trips someone up. And actually, most of your local news tends to be quite nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe that's what we just need to get more local, more local news. 
Um, Paul, I think you made it an interesting point uh, early on as you uh, talked about the trend of TikTok and stuff. But like, I think for me, it's just as a trend or just this um, this shift, which has always been there for a while, towards short form news mm. content. I think that's the biggest motivator for me is like mm. short form content. I remember if you go back like. Craig, it'd be like eight, ten years ago, where like you used to see national newspapers full the front, like the front half of the book with like nibs, news in brief, you know, short form, short snippets of content that would give you what you needed enough to move on. And then you you've seen across London, the whole place was littered with free sheets where it was all, you know, published every afternoon, four o'clock, short form content. You know, standard was very regional, but even some national news was being consumed in very short easy to understand like very quick to digest content and i think that all of these platforms the one thing that they do provide is like when people are picking things up in dwell time and short snippets you know facebook's tiktoks instagrams are like 40 seconds of that one's down 40 seconds that down so your content has to be created to be consumed in that short space and i think that all of these platforms are just looking at more creative and the best way to give content as quickly as you can in a short form way that's engaging and i think that's that's you know news big national newspapers were doing this mm. before these before news really existed on these platforms let's say yeah 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 you're right and you used to work in that world didn't you I did, yeah. We used to. I remember above every advert sheet, we used to have to do an infographic that had a sentence above it and told you three interesting things. And it was, but it's that short consumption of content. I think even as brands, you know, we always think create content is, you know, it has to be ten thousand word blog post that you feed out it's like well actually let's make more short form content and that's okay yeah. it doesn't always have to be yeah. long form and, uh, an interesting one that I, that I just saw yesterday was um, Tony Robinson of Blackadder and Time Team fame um, getting on the back of supporting a launch of a new video a new game called Floodlands and um that, that is all about, um, it's actually about climate change. Um, mm. You start off in a world where it's all gone wrong and you start rebuilding it to make it better. So it, it's another way of looking at the kind of news agenda where actually, it, you know, he kind of said it's so unremittingly negative mm. and, you know, and, and, and gloomy, yeah. but actually a very positive response to that and something that you can do as an individual is then um, you go play this game and it's not just a game, obviously, because you're going to learn so much about mm. how the ecosystem works, how the environment works, and all that kind mm. of thing. So, I think that's another one to to look at to look out for is how that news agenda might start making it. How, how do you, how do you make it positive? Well, you make it about something you can do something about. Mm. I think in gaming, it's really interesting because it will be a bit like Sims or a bit like Age of Empires or stuff like that, where you build you build a civilization sort of thing, but. Um, I don't think I've seen one that has been future looking mm-hmm. and not a fantasy kind of yeah. thing. I mean, I know it's a bit fancy, but you, you know, but so I think I think that's an interesting one to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, just one last thing before we um wrap up, um, because you know, it's only the 29th of November and we're doing trends for 2022. So we've still got a month of chaos can happen yet. Mm-hmm. And so um just one thing grabbed my attention yesterday. Back to our friend uh, Elon, um, who's now decided to declare war on Apple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> for those of you on the podcast, Andrew Blankenstock just spat his pen out. Yeah. In, in the He's done what? 
So he has now decided to declare full-on war with Apple. Mm. And, um, you know, they're kind of pulling advertising. They're threatening to, you know, not have... Twitter available on the App Store. He's kind of going, mm. I don't want to pay, because, you know, Apple takes 30% of every mm. payment. And he's just decided to call them out and gone, right, enough is enough. So um, he posted a meme yesterday, yeah. which is a picture of a kind of motorway junction in America. And it says, you know, it's a junction coming off, a turning coming off, and straight on it says pay 30%. Mm. The, the right turn says go to war, and then there's a car doing a handbrake turn, it says Elon on it. And that's what he posted yesterday. So yeah. I don't think um, don't think that's going to go down very well. I mean, that'll be, I mean, I saw his reaction to that as well was um, just to make his own phone, invent the phone. No need to use App Store if you've got your own phone, right? Ice crackers, isn't he? Well, I, I, you kind of, you know, I mean, we, we were talking about, you know, looking at Facebook share price, um, mm. you know, this year, we were, we were talking about that this week. You, you did kind of feel like there, there could be, a, a, you know, some of these big cogs, mm. you know, even Jeff Bezos is now starting to work out how he gets out of Amazon. What's mm. he going to do with all his money? Yeah. Um, you've got Elon there with piles of cash, now got his own social network. Mm. Um, you know, you got TikTok um, being a Chinese company, and the Americans are—they've just now banned loads of Chinese mm. companies. Um, you got our Prime Minister Rishi uh, coming out with a press release this morning saying that the golden era of UK-Chinese relationship is over. Um, and you, you just kind of wonder what, what will happen with the Chinese-backed companies like TikTok. Mm. You got the American companies like yeah. you know. Meta and Twitter um, and Apple yeah. and Microsoft. And uh, you can, you, I, know, I know it's kind of like that's probably thinking about next year, mm. but you can see some pretty significant um, moves being made. It's interesting that at the App Store one, because there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of, you know, startups, new businesses that want to go into the App Store and they know that it's a great platform to get into the hands of, of kind of target customers. But, you know, you lose 30% of everything you make, you know, that. That is a significant part of, of revenue, of money. So, you know, if that as much as I, I like Apple, um, I might turn right with Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might turn well, right. You do, and I think, I mean, he's sure for shaking stuff up, right? Like, we can't. I mean, what he says is people have never been talking about Twitter as much as at the moment. So, which is not a lie. Nope. Right. So, um, so, so that's kind of the things we wanted to cover today. So, I think what we can learn from last year is um, number one, be prepared. So, you know, we, we, the, the Queen isn't going to die every year, but we you know, think about these things and do your risk planning and, you know, mm. uh, have, have, a, have a plan or know, know at least what the first, who the first person you need to ring is. Um, I think getting ready for the metaverse, and I, I think that that is going to, that's good. next year could be a really big year mm -hmm. for all things metaverse related, but how, how it plays out. You know, we, we will see. Um, you know, th there are many, many people investing money into that now. So I think one of the critical decisions for most brands and businesses is when do you dip your toe in the water and what should you do? Um, mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, we've got a whole bunch of ideas on that. So um, give us a shout if if that's on your agenda. Um, I think keeping an eye on Twitter um, as Elon continues to develop it and whether it becomes a really slick platform, um, 
you know, he's got an ambition to do it, turn it into a bit more like the, the Chinese WeChat. So, mm. you know, where you've got full commerce, everything on there. So we'll see what happens. Um, this consumption of news and the levelling out of the social platforms is uh, one to keep an eye on. And, uh, yeah, and back to Elon again, um, you know, for whatever you might think of him, whether you love him or loathe him, um, he's certainly... Um, someone who's making waves so you know in, in the world of digital communications and uh, so you know very important that we keep an eye on him um so yeah uh, i think um you know um that that's us for today but uh, don't forget to tune into next week's podcast which is our christmas special so we'll be doing a rundown of the best and worst christmas ads this year and our panel of experts when we say experts we mean like you know, people are a bit gobby. Um, people are opinionated. Sorry, um, experts. We'll go back to experts. Yeah. Um, we'll be giving their views on um, uh, what, what they think of the Christmas crackers this year and which yeah. are the absolute turkeys. So uh, tune in for that. And it's always a fun one. Mm. So um, same time next week. And uh, thank you very much to Becca. Bye. And thanks very much. <laughs> thanks. And uh, we'll see no you all again soon. Bye. Thanks, okay. guys. Bye. Bye.